whilst we stay indoors and safe in our very comfortable homes, we are going to continue the conversation with Samraj, but this time we are touching on homosexuality and what the experience was like coming out, um, given the cultural differences and religious uh, aspect, and we will be kind of covering how this is a very individual thing. experience a very individual story that Samraj has been brave enough to share with us on this platform and it's really to help individuals um, handle some really difficult conversations that they might be having whilst uh, we have the current situations going on and you are in your relationships at home this could be with your parents your brothers your sisters or your partners and what's really nice about this episode is that Samaraj brings a very new perspective on how you could handle things and how you could deal with things as opposed to feeling um, like a victim in all of this. So, um, as I said before, this is a continue of uh, last week's episode, but really this episode is going to be talking a little bit about uh, his own experiences, his own individual um, experience of coming out. And so thank you so much for listening and we'll go straight into it. Exactly, exactly. And I think, like, say for my, what I just mentioned about my parents getting divorced, that was a taboo in that generation. Um, and that's what I've, I've heard and what I've heard from many, many people that I speak to, that actually you didn't really leave your husband. Um, you would just put up with it. And I think there were certain things like, for example, sexuality, that were just not crossed in my parents' generation. Um, You hear stories of many people, you know, um, not coming out in that generation. Or you hear now people saying, oh, so-and-so was definitely gay or lesbian. Um, And they were of my parents' generation, but they just, you know, I I think it was just too far um, in terms of, pushing or moving away from kind of those expectations or shame and vulnerability that they just could not feel comfortable. I mean, there were, there there have been stories and you do see um, people that did come out in that generation. However, um, I think it's only in our generation, I experienced it firsthand myself. Um, So as I was growing up, I I noticed myself, um, I, I almost used to just, feel inside that I was different and I didn't really know what that I I knew I was more feminine um I knew that I enjoyed female company and I played with all my girl cousins and I had girlfriends at school um but it didn't hit me until I think you know those coming of age years which are 12 13 14 15 when you start you know developing feelings for others and it all becomes you know that school playground um period of time and I think it was only then where I was like oh my god like this this means something different for me and I was just like this I can't get away from it because I was that feminine person I was that that feminine guy and I felt it and I experienced it in in the playground because it was just I was almost just this bait for for stone throwing and like I said like you know I went to school in a heavily populated um Asian 
community and it was almost like okay how am I gonna deal with this how am I gonna fend this off how am I gonna stay strong enough to not let constant taunts and um bullying it was bullying um affect affect who I was and it meant that I had to you know keep very quiet about certain things um I had to carry myself in a certain way and just be more mindful about you know where I was and who I was around um I used to go to a school where they separated like um science for example in uh, like girls and boys so I knew that a certain portion of my lessons would be with all the boys only um and PE and things like that and it was almost like right how I needed to figure out how I was going to um how I was going to manage um you know people's comments people's opinions um people calling me all sorts of names um and that was in the school environment and then also I had to go home and and keep quiet as well going back to our conversation at the beginning about things not really being spoken about and feelings not really being explored and I think I think back then it was almost like this weakness to be able to talk like that or to to bring up an issue or to bring up these vulnerabilities it was almost like that means you know do not show this level of weakness um and don't let anyone hear about it and this almost secrecy behind what was going on um inside versus what you were portraying and and being outside so yeah I I I totally um totally resonate with that whole kind of um sexuality issue um and it it it's been a big part of my my life and that also means you know you had to express and almost kind of own what was going on for you so you know you mentioned that when you were growing up you experienced bullying you experienced um or in fact you were very aware of the fact that you were different you had more feminine uh, attributes to you and you also mentioned that, you know, some of the concerns that would come up for you when you know that certain subjects in school were going to be with, you know, boys only because the fact that you couldn't identify yourself completely just on that side and you felt very kind of connected. Um, how did you actually handle and bring yourself to, to not only come out, but more importantly, just what you did to to create that space for yourself that you, so that acceptance would come. I thought it was really interesting what you said about um, sis, daughter-in-laws and their duties, and I'd love for you to talk about stuff like that because as a woman, I can identify with you. Forget about whether your sexuality is different or not. That's just irrelevant. So if I can identify with it, there'll be so many women that can identify with you. Are you comfortable kind of speaking about the journey that you had um I don't really like using the word coming out because it's so natural and, and it's just how you felt and you were very kind of um, aware of the way you were. But what was that journey like, given that you were growing up in Southall, which is predominantly Asian community, and you did come from a traditional Punjabi Sikh family where uh, this sexuality isn't really uh, welcome? 
Yeah, so it was it was really difficult because I think at that age you're just navigating everything in life. You're growing up and you there's so many things that you're kind of juggling. Um and when it's when it's something so deep and so personal like this and you're not feeling that you can really start because I think I think there's two sides. There's that whole exploring it for yourself and what it means for you let alone having to come out and then having to explain it to other people. So I think at very early, at a very early age and those coming of age years, it was more about how do I feel about this? And there's almost that self-acceptance part. And what does it, you almost have to work out what it means for, for you personally, what, what your life's going to be, how you see it. What are the kind of the things around you that, that might support you or might actually block you or what might actually take you down? So I think, you know, there's a whole, and my experience was working out and spending years. This, this isn't just, oh, I'm going to spend tonight thinking about it. This is really a journey of spending a long time and it could be a week and it, it could be two, three years. And for me, it was the two, three years to actually understand for myself how I actually felt. Was I definitely, you know, gay? And did I kind of see what, could I visualize the path ahead of me in terms of, you know, telling people, um, you know, how that, how they might respond. And there's this whole kind of, barrier in terms of communication anyway and how was I going to overcome that with with something so big as this it was almost like a, a mass but for me it was I, I used to always say to myself and just thinking about it now is like I can't run away from this I can't it's it's not something I can switch off um it's not something that I can change I mean me, I'm, I'm speaking personally. Um, I did not make this choice. And how on earth was I going to plan how I was going to, to communicate this? So I think there was just so many muddled thoughts as to what it meant for me personally and also them bringing in this whole umbrella of the world around me and took me such a long time to admit to myself that this is who I was and I can't change it and I will have to just face any consequences and they're so serious and large um in terms of other people's experiences that you know you you look you almost look at what you can find around you um coming from the South Asian community there was just no one I could kind of look to or turn to or look at and think, okay, this is how they've done it. Or this is, this is, this is how they've experienced it and how that might be similar or different to to my own experience. And I think it was almost like no one around me was experiencing this or, or willing to, to actually admit to themselves that this is what they were going through because everything was hush, hush, kept quiet. So I, it, it was all in a real inward journey into just finding out what was right for me, what felt 
right for me in terms of progressing forward and also just tackling it head on because like I said it was something I can't change and something I would have to admit to myself and deal with and at the time it was do I say it openly um and just come out with it do I wait for a moment do and you almost like living on eggshells because you're waiting for this right time um to do it and there really isn't and I think going back to your point about coming out um in my experience it's been a journey of coming out multiple 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 times it's not one defined event you can come out to your family for example and you can keep coming up to your family because they might think it's a phase um, and mine did and thought you know what you're too young or you might change and just let it be and let's not speak about it until you know um let's not speak about it again ideally but let's not speak about it again in the hope that it would just naturally phase out and it would change and we don't have to kind of go back there um but then that means there's there's more conversations to be had later down the line and you're almost coming out again and again and again and then that's just within your family then you have to kind of come out to 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 friends which is not not kind of the worst thing because they're your friends but you almost have to go through this process of of saying it um or confirming it or you know having that conversation again and you wouldn't do that in a in a straight situation um, for example you just wouldn't be like oh hey like i need to have a conversation with you i'm straight like so it is a thing to be done even though it might not be as daunting with friends and then also you go and you as life changes you meet other people don't you so you, you know, for me i went to university and it was coming out again to to everyone that i met and then going into the workplace coming out again and i'm sure and i'm 100% sure there's just going to be many more instances in the future where it will happen again so it's it's all coming out i think like uh, and it's and it's more constant or more fluid than than one might think wow thank you for sharing um it's so interesting because i haven't met anybody that uh is like yourself one because i don't know many asians but two um i don't know how many people would be um brave enough to come out as well if that makes sense and so a lot of people would either hide their sexuality or pretend that they are straight and get married um typically either with somebody back home um or get married and then just have a you know a secret life so i i think partly the reason why i wanted you here is just to kind of talk about it so that you can educate people like myself people who may be listening that don't know just how many times somebody comes out it's not just the one time so thank you for sharing that um i guess because we've spoken so much about kind of um different identities and the fact that you know um you know different ways that we identified ourselves with music or movies um you know what was it like for you to kind of identify your sexuality and then the religion and the culture you grew up in yeah so i think it's um a really i think when i look at it 
from a wider perspective, I think it links back to this whole gender role. So I think as growing up as male, growing up as a boy, it was very much like this is what a man is um, and this is what a man does and this is how a man behaves, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it was almost like how, how do I combine all these things um, and stay true to, to who I really was. And I think for me, it was more about just trying to understand where I, where I fit um, and where I feel most comfortable and how that's, how that might be perceived by others and really trying to work out which category I fit into and this whole category and labeling I think has come from you know the the culture and kind of this whole boxing of people and you know because maybe just because of a lack of understanding you can only be within these certain categories um and there's no real room for for fluidity or, or difference, and I think it's a ma- that's a major problem as well. Um, is this intolerance for for difference for something that you might not understand? Um, just because it's not something you've come across um, doesn't mean that it's it's totally wrong. And I think that that links back to kind of fear based living, where just because it's something new or something that you're not aware of or you're not educated about or you haven't experienced that it's almost immediately negative and removed from kind of, you know, what is acceptable. So I think for me, it was more about actually what my culture was thinking, what my religion was saying, because I was hearing it from various people about, oh, it's wrong or it's not acceptable. And I almost had to make that difference between, well, is it not acceptable to the culture and the people within that? Is my religion saying something explicit about this? And therefore, I have to really kind of work out, do, am I going against that? And what that means for me in terms of how I would carry my religion forward in my life. So... I think there was a lot of talk around and a lot of opinions that it's just, it's just wrong. Like we're not allowed to be like that. Um, and for me, what I had to do and what I had to do for myself was really go and educate myself on what my religion actually said, um, because I, I separated out the culture and I thought, Do you know what a culture is just a collective of people of opinion of what they think is right for themselves or what they think they should be doing and what everyone else should be doing at the same time that actually it's not factual and it's not it's just subjective um so I thought do you know what culture I'm just going to park to the side I'm not even going to get into it because there's so many culturally within the culture there's so much difference anyway people do things differently and people you know, within their own house, take certain things and and do different traditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I was like, if there's so many subdivisions and thoughts and beliefs within the culture itself, I, I can't I can't go into that, and I don't want to go into that, and it's not my 
my job and my purpose to do that because it doesn't really mean anything to me. So I thought what it does is, is this whole religion I've grown up in and that I love and what pe- what this culture was telling me about the religion, not accepting. So I parked the culture to the side and then I really looked into the religions, uh, religious side and I looked and got an English translation of the text. And I had that as my book for a very long time. And I remember being in Japan traveling and I took this book with me and I just read it from back to front. And not only did I realize that (laughs) it wasn't saying that, and it didn't say anything like that, I fell in love with the religion more and I actually took away what the key principles were and that was equality, we are all one, we do not judge and acceptance for everyone and everything. And I just thought, no, I'm not tailoring that to my situation. That is the themes and the principles of my religion and this oneness and this whole, you know, do not judge other people no matter what and this whole fairness and equality and it really resonated with me. It was really powerful when I was reading it and I was just kind of like, wow, wow. What the culture could have made me do was walk away from it and walk away from religion because um, I would have taken that word or, or those words or those beliefs from the culture. But I'm so thankful that at that point in time, I just went on my own kind of path to to figure it out myself, um, to either get confirmation that that's what the religion said and what that meant for me and work that out, or actually learn that it didn't say that, but in the process, I learned so much more. And I'm so, so thankful to myself um, that I did that. Wow. Um, I think many of us, um, and I was speaking about this in um, the episode, Holy Are You, was that we're, we're handed our belief systems and our religion, and it's because we're born into it, or uh, it's something that we've grown up because our parents taught us. And they always want the best for us and they always want to protect us. Um, and actually looking on the flip side of going away and doing your own homework and going away and actually studying the religion for yourself to identify on an individual basis without it being because my mum told me or I was born into it. And, you know, what makes me so, you know, grateful just listening to that story is that the way you're narrating it, I could literally picture you going through that journey for one, um, understanding the religion and being able to identify it for yourself without it being, and, and taking that responsibility, I think, um, is something that I really respect. Anyone that goes away and almost does their homework is something that I have a lot of time for, regardless of what you do in your personal space, as long as you know that your core values are based on the fact that you have identified with them and resonated with them and not because they were handed over to you or they were enforced on you which is something that I hear a lot especially in kind of the the Muslim community oh you know my parents really forced me 
um, to pray. So that's why I feel like I just don't resonate because it wasn't coming from within myself. So thank you for sharing that. And I guess my my next point, and this is me coming from a very curiosity uh, point of view, is when you were speaking to your family and, you know, your family thought that this was just a phase that you were going through and it would go away. It obviously did not go away. And, you know, that that um, kind of feeling evolved and you grew as an individual to not only fall more in love with your religion and the values that the religion actually holds, but also coming you know face to face with the fact that actually this is who I am and this is what I believe in so you know how did your family kind of come around to it and have they yeah so um once I did that whole piece on actually you know what the culture is saying one thing but they go out and do different things and there's a lot of hypocrisy in in that I I felt quite grounded in in kind of my my view going forward about actually it can't be used against me and um if we're actually living breathing these principles that you know are so well no the religion is so kind of in, in, intertwined in our lives then we should be living those principles and i really can't it was kind of it was quite powerful because it was it was actually insights and education for for all um and i'm talking about you know my family um so going back to your question i think things started to change when i decided that i wanted to move away for university um and to to really go and figure things out and um i kept it very kind of you know i'll go and if whatever happens and whatever happens with my feelings um i kind of gave them reassurance at that stage that you know what it's it's okay let's not you know get into a whole thing about this because you know i'm going off i'm trying to figure things out and um we'll just we'll just cross that bridge when it comes to it i think you know there's places and there's times to really really get into you know what it means and trying to figure it out but at that point in time what i wanted to do was not have that whole meeting and discussion about you know having everyone involved it was more i'm going to go off now and i'm going to figure what what i'm about and what my life is and etc cetera, etc cetera. and in my head i knew that you know what i was going to go and i was going to go and do those things and i knew i would and then I would come back and I would be a stronger person and I would have, you know, things a bit more clearer in my own head to be able to communicate those things. So I went from a phase of having everything blurted out to then, you know, it being quite an emotional rollercoaster journey to then actually parking it again and saying, right, this is something I need to deal with. It's, it's my thing. And, whatever you want to think about whether it's a phase or not or whatever then then think that if that's going to help um because i'm going off and i'm going to go and really work out who i felt at that time actually before going to university that i had changed i'd lost my sense of self i'd lost my sense of personality um i was quite reactive um i you know would I couldn't handle my drink, um, alcohol, for example, because it would all just stir up. And, you know, it really showed me that I was in this whole um, space where everything was just a big, big muddle. And it was only 
you know, up to me um, to to work those things through and to really get clear on on my future direction. So that's when I went off to university. It was the same me um, in the sense of, you know, sexuality. Um, but I had developed this newfound strength. So I went to university. I met some great people. I also met a partner and I also met my very best friend um, who really helped me on my journey into kind of, you know, making me almost connect back with who I really was. I felt really comfortable in their presence. I felt very, you know, um, valued as, as me. I felt very creative. I felt very spontaneous again. And it was almost like, Ooh, what's, what's shifting here? What's going on for me? And it was the encouragement from these two key people in my life to, to really get back in touch with what makes me me. And I just had a great time. I had a great time working it out. I had a great time just feeling a feeling the sense of being relaxed. Um, I was in an environment and with people that, you know, I was very open and honest with. I could um, spend time at the same time really working out, you know, what what and how I changed over the years and how, you know, the effects and impacts of that judgment and those opinions going through all my school life um, really kind of got me to a place where I'd lost, I'd lost my sense of self. And I was kind of like, why, 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 why have I given that power for two other people for them to be able to do that to me? And um, it was, years of just trying to just piece back all the all the pieces and work out actually where I wanted to go and how I wanted to live my life going forward and what it all meant and yeah I had these two people that really really pushed me to do that and unfortunately I lost I lost my best friend um a couple of years ago now and that really woke me up and that really you know I can still hear her voice in my head like you need to you need to be you you know you need to you need to work on you you need to be you you are an amazing person deep down and it doesn't matter what anyone thinks or says and you know really kind of pushing me along and when I lost her I was just kind of like oh my god I have not got this wonderful human being in my ear every day telling me supporting me encouraging me cheerleading cheerleading me sorry um what was I gonna do and I just thought crap this was a a real big opening um as to like gosh life is short like how can a 26 year old just suddenly tragically pass away um so that was the big kind of light bulb moment where it was like you know you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and secondly it was like how am I going to do our relationship justice because it was all about you know learning together growing together acceptance being ourselves um and how would I carry that on going forward and that was when those two things and insights combined 
put me on a path of self-growth and personal development and really, really taking ownership of who I was, where I wanted to go, how I was going to get there. And um, that's when kind of my self-coaching journey began, I suppose. Wow. Um, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear about your best friend. Um, sometimes, you know, people come into our lives for a reason, as they say, and you know, this individual came into your life, taught you really valuable life lessons whilst you were in the process of going through this journey and unfortunately is no longer with us. Um, and, and at the back of that, it led you to kind of understand and respect that life is too short for me to kind of, um, you know, waffle around other people's feelings of how I should show up and really take ownership and... Yeah, I completely can understand um, how devastating it must be, even to this day, to yeah. know that yeah. you know, she's not around. Yeah, no, completely. I, I you know, it's, um, I feel like it was, like you said, um, and that's exactly how I look at it, is, you know, some people enter your life and change it, and um, it might be for 10 years, it might be for one, it, you, you just don't know. And I just really, really focused, I chan almost channeled my grief um, into working on myself, and, you know, I, I, I just got so many books um, on self-help and kind of growth and leadership, and I really got into it, and it was a real way of making me, A, feel like I was doing something productive, um, and B, doing justice to our relationship going forward, that I was working on these things that she had, you know, helped me with um, over those years and that I was continuing to take forward. And it was just, in my opinion, my productive way of, of grieving. And it led to a whole new world opening up for me. I mean, I spent like so much money and time reading books. Um, I really got into kind of, you know, self-help. I then got really, really interested in it and started looking at actually what is it I've been doing over these years? And I realized I was self-coaching and that's when I understood and when coaching came into my life because I was like oh my god this is a thing this is a natural thing I've spent years doing this over books and, and myself and you can actually do this with with a coach um in a structured way and that's what really really attracted me to to become a coach well First of all, we are, you know, I'm so grateful that we actually connected uh, through our coaching practice. And I'm so glad that, you know, you channeled your energy in the right way. Whereas um, given kind of some of the things that you grew up with, you could have easily have opted to continue drinking, to continue um, acting on some of the, you know, kind of alcohol abuse that you grew up with. And it's nice to see and actually hear not only about your journey, but the fact that you channeled your way in such a um, progressive way. And I think coaching is exactly that. It's almost kind of um, gravitating your energy into something 
that could easily go wrong, but you channeled it in a way that grew you as an individual and beautifully said you did justice to the relationship that you had with her. Um, you know, something that came up in our uh, conversations was, you know, the, the way um, sometimes, you know, when you're being treated in these type of sexual spaces um, is so different to how the heterosexual relationships are treated. Um, even though, you know, many studies have shown that there's actually more similarities between homosexuality and heterosexuality than there are differences, somehow, not only within South Asian culture, but in other cultures, there is a difference in the way that they are treated. For example, um, you know, how your partner would be treated or how uh, you would show up in a work, you know, in a, a home space or um, in a festival. Have you had those experiences as well? So I think from my personal experience, I, so my partner's very, very progressive um, and like has an attitude that don't take shit from no one kind of thing, which was really opposite to mine, whereas I was, you know, very people-pleasing and lived on other people's terms. So I think that the combination of my own self-growth and development and then, you know, partnered with with him is, is a combination that, you know what, we are who we are and we will only engage and socialise or connect with people that either understand or want to understand um, uh, or just remove ourselves from situations that we feel actually might not be as welcoming or might not be as, you know, we're not there to, uh, I'm not an advocate or I don't go out there and, you know, really march and preach about, you know, rights and things. And I respect the people that do, but we just want to continue our life with love, with connection and with people that matter and people who are open-minded to either want to learn and understand our journey and support us or who want to, to be on that ride with us. So I think we're quite selective in terms of, you know, who we let in and things like that. Because I, I just find that life's too short and it's not about... And you almost... What's coming up for me is going back into that loop of people-pleasing. I'm not there to justify um, myself or what I'm doing. It's more, you know... It's funny because someone said to me, once you start, you know, accepting who you are for what you are you will attract the right people. Oh, that's just a quote or that's just a saying. And my God, has it been true? Like, as soon as you shrug that, you know, almost having to please everyone, it's just impossible. Um, but once you do that and you you adopt that mentality and um, and those beliefs, then it gives you the power to just carry on and you will notice around you how life changes and how people enter your life or leave your life. And I think that, that that's all there is to it. It's not about, you know, it's, it's like going back to what's normal. It's like, we're just living life and we have good values. We have good principles and we are doing, you know, we are working, we are working hard. We are, we work hard on ourselves. Um, and 
we respect everyone. We respect everyone's religions. We respect it. And it's almost like if you can't give that back, then that's fine. That's fine. But carry on kind of thing. It's, it's, it's just kind of like it, live and let live. And to, you know, just to the back of what you're saying is, you know, when we were talking about kind of the ideal partner that we can bring home, um, you actually did that. <laughs> you actually bought uh, a Punjabi Sikh partner home who... I did. I was like, there's no room for any other comments here. Um, yes, not, not, the same, not the same sex, but definitely ticking all other boxes. <laughs> you know, accepting your partner within the family would have been... Um, and this is a pure assumption at this point, but was it just easy to just accept him because he was from a similar background or they can resonate with him? He's not completely different. Um, just the fact that his sexuality is obviously different. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, I wouldn't say easy. I would say easier. Um, I think that it was always the case where, you know, the, the situation as a whole um, was difficult in terms of just, you know, being gay. So I think after time, it was like, okay, maybe this might not change. Um, and that then I think family-wise, understanding that this is how it's going to be. So let's kind of, you know, explore what is going on for, for me. So what my relationships are and... Um, who my partner is, etc. And I think that once you kind of let that guard down and let that thought, let those negative thoughts or assumptions go, you kind of realize that you're just connecting with another human being um, that lives with principles and is exactly like you. And once you kind of appreciate that, it it then just brings you back to that grounded sense of we are all just human and we are all just one. Absolutely. And, um, you know, even though you've had a really, really hard um, time kind of going through that journey and, and not only just coming out once, but I think it's, it's interesting to learn about the fact that you've had to do that several times and there's been individuals that come into your life to help you, uh, guide you almost. And even though unfortunately they're not around, that has left an even more profound um, kind of experience for you because now you want to show up for the relationship every day through your coaching practice. Do you mind kind of um, letting anyone who's listening uh, know exactly where they can find you, what you actually can help support and, um, you know, just everything that you cover or have covered? Yeah, sure. So I um, began my coaching journey last year. And like I said, it was after realizing, oh my God, I've been coaching myself for many, many years. And I was just so excited to find that it was actually a professional practice. Um, and I quickly, quickly, when I get an idea in my head, I'm that type of person that I just need to research it and get all the information. And I quickly did. And I chose a life school that resonated with me. I looked at all the modules and I was kind of like, this is all, I picked out all the kind of things that I, I did with myself on a very 
non-professional way, let's say. Um, so I studied um, on a course for transformational coaching um, where I met you, Razia. And I just had a great time. And I thought, you know what, how am I going to use this in my own practice? Um, all the learning, all the kind of experiences, and also bringing in my past experience. And I am at a very early stage of building my coaching practice at this moment. Um, I'm working on a program where I kind of take clients through uh, a journey that mirrors mine um, in terms of how I really worked with my core values and how that kind of opened up all the different avenues in my life and made my whole world feel more aligned. Um, so I, my work is focused on authenticity and it means a lot to me in terms of um, what that, what that is um, because I felt like I, my journey has been towards, you know, finding out who I was and what my authentic self was. So I want to help clients kind of get in touch with who they really are, listening to the, their inner voices and really having a feedback loop with what's happening in reality for them versus what's happening inside um, and actually exploring that and spending time working out actually what's serving them and not serving them or what direction they want to go in or what choice it's more about kind of getting control of your life which I feel like I did um so you can find me um on Instagram at the moment and my Insta is at Inanoa Coaching and I will be um creating a website over the next month and also um exploring other channels such as Facebook and LinkedIn and that's where I'm at currently yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, I think it's incredible to meet kind of like-minded people. When I went into the, the coaching space, um, it was at the back of all the frustrations I saw um, from different workplaces that I worked. And just one key thing that was missing, which was being your true authentic self was almost never really appreciated because, um, you know, constantly you either have to fit into um, a group or you're almost kind of left behind. It was almost kind of frustrating to see that everyone automatically molds themselves just to be in a workplace as opposed to just showing up for who they are. And I think that's why I, I came here and I wanted to kind of resonate with like-minded people who actually care about developing individuals and then therefore, of course, organizations are going to develop. And it's so nice to see that, you know, professionals like you who, um, you know, are working, are British born, but still have that kind of true authentic self to them and went away, did their homework, learned who they, who they are and what their religion is, what their values are. And then, you know, kind of, instead of grieving in the way that was going to impact your life um, in a negative uh, light, you completely changed that around and stepped into the coaching space and learned that you were doing that the whole of your life for yourself. And I really, really applaud you for the way that you've shown up, not only just today, but in general. And I think that it's incredible to hear your journey. And there's so many different aspects that I'd love to explore in the, in the future. If 
um, the opportunity arises. But for the timing, I just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you for coming and sharing that. I know it's not an easy subject to talk about, especially publicly, but that's what this platform's all about, is just uh, to create a movement towards helping people and putting forward individuals who are actually doing good work like yourself so thank yeah, you yeah thank you very much no thank you um it's been a pleasure um it's also just allowed me to just appreciate as well how the journey has been and and where i'm going and yeah going back to kind of authentic self i don't think it's a destination so i think we're always 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 trying to find out what is right for us um and also kind of how to manage manage obstacles adversity and failures and I think that's all part of it just because you know you figure out what your authentic self is um it doesn't stay that way and it's more about actually living in the moment and just having that feedback loop to yourself as to what is happening um in reality and how you actually feel about that and make those conscious decisions um so that's what i believe um authenticity is um because i know it's 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 brushed about as a term so I think um for me personally it's just about connecting with yourself moment by moment in life going forward it's not a destination it's a continual journey and just being in touch with yourself thank you so much for sharing everything that you have I've personally learned so much from this episode I hope for anybody who is listening enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed recording this. And for anybody who is interested in getting in touch with Samraj directly, I have left all his details in the notes section. Until next time, everybody stay safe and take care and uh, look after yourselves. Bye now.